I'm Farah Duro, and you're listening to the PCS Revolution Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the PCS Revolution Podcast. I'm honored today to have Lisa Hendrickson-Jack here, who's a certified fertility awareness educator and holistic reproductive health practitioner, for those of you who don't know her, and she teaches women to chart their menstrual cycles for natural birth control, conception, and monitoring overall health. In her new book, The Fifth Vital Sign, Lisa debunks the myth that regular ovulation is only important when you want children by recognizing the menstrual cycle is a vital sign. Drawing heavily from the current scientific literature, Lisa presents an evidence-based approach to fertility awareness and menstrual cycle optimization. And she hosts one of my favorite podcasts, the Fertility Friday Podcast. It's a weekly radio show devoted to helping women connect to their fifth vital sign by uncovering the connection between the menstrual cycle, fertility, and overall health. So welcome, Lisa. It's so great to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. And I think today is going to be a little different because a lot of times we talk about how, you know, to conceive and and those sort of things, but we get a lot of questions in our clinic on how to prevent pregnancy if you're not wanting to be on birth control and you're wanting to kind of do more natural method. So we're going to get into a little bit of the details about that and how kind of tuning into your body is going to be very helpful in, in understanding the right times, even if you have an irregular cycle or if it's kind of all over the map, how to look at your period as a vital sign and also some assistance with doing natural family planning and that sort of thing. So uh, I'm excited to get into this. So tell us a little bit about what made you really want to focus so much on the cycle and women's health. Well, in my case, I discovered fertility awareness pretty young. So I was about 18-ish or 19 right out of high school. And I was on the pill for heavy, painful periods throughout high school. So I wasn't using it for birth control and it helped in you know by masking the symptoms so my periods were like i was able to manage my air quote <laughs> periods but every time i would go off of it just to see if it actually had done anything my real periods would always be the same or worse than they were before so when i actually needed birth control i was already skeptical of the pill because in general because i knew it wasn't actually helping whatever was wrong with me it was just making it seem better while i was on it And also because I wasn't using it for birth control, I wasn't taking it at the right time. And I just didn't want to be scared all the time because I thought, okay, my goodness, if I like take it an hour late or something, I'm always going to be really stressed because that's just my personality. And so it was right around that time that I discovered fertility awareness. And it was one of those things where like many women who discover it, I was sitting there in a, a talk and a woman was describing how you can tell when you're fertile by your cervical mucus observations and the cervical position changes. And it was only at that point that I realized, wow, we're not fertile every single day of the cycle. There's only a short window of fertility. You can figure out what, you know, when that is, and then you can use that to determine, like, you know, choose how you're going to address it. So if you're trying to avoid pregnancy, you can just avoid pregnancy during that short window, manage your fertility in other ways, and then the rest of the cycle, you can't get pregnant. So for me, the reason that I focused on this field is because, I mean, that was life-changing for me. And I was, even to this day, I'm just, most women have no idea how their fertility works. Most women are still under the impression that you can get pregnant any day of the cycle. And that assumption leads us to make choices. If you believe that you're fertile every single day of the year, all the time, 24 hours a day, then it makes it a lot easier to choose a a birth control method that 
is giving you protection 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And then the other thing was that early on in my journey, I discovered that your cycle isn't just about having babies because when I was first charting, my cycles were actually quite long. On average, they were like 38, 40 something days and my temperatures were really low. And so because of what was showing up on my charts, my charting instructor kind of, she kind of looked at me and was like, Lisa, your temperatures are too low. Your cycles are too long. I think you should get tested for thyroid. And so in my very early 20s, I was actually uh, diagnosed with like a really subclinical thyroid issue. Like, so before it had caused any problems, it was detected just because of these subtle things that were showing up on my chart. So early on for me, it was more than just birth control. I really learned that there's a connection between your cycle and your overall health in a personal way before I started working with clients. Very cool. That, and it's something that we don't think about a lot, but I, I really think that the looking at the thyroid, you can, you know, you can tell a lot by your body temperatures. And maybe, you know, that was the first time that that kind of even came up, like no one had ever really checked your blood work or anything like that, but you saw it in your temperatures. That's very cool. And as far as, you know, your background working with other women with their cycles, what, tell me how you do that. Well, so over the years, I've taught women how to chart their cycles. And so when I'm working with clients, there's always a piece of it where it's very practical. So we're learning about the hormone cycle, the menstrual cycle, the three main fertile signs, your cervical fluid, your basal body temperature, and your cervical position. And so some women are wanting to use this as their primary birth control method. So then we really dive in, learn all the rules and all the specific things that you need to know if you want to use it, fertility awareness as a birth control method. And then obviously some women are trying to conceive. So it really helps us to time it so that we understand exactly when is the best time of the cycle to have sex. But there's this other component. So it's kind of like the iceberg analogy where a lot of women find fertility awareness for a purpose. It's very practical. (laughs) We're going to use it for this purpose. But then you start to realize the connection between your cycles and your overall health. And so when you start charting, you can quickly see the difference between what a healthy cycle should look like and where your cycle falls. And for many women, this is an opportunity for them to do things to improve their hormonal balance, to improve their hormonal health, to regulate their cycles in a natural way without hormones and things like that. So you typically start for one reason and then it becomes much more. And it also... So that's a big part of what I do. It's to support women to optimize their fertility, to really improve their cycles, because there's a lot that you can do naturally to help your hormones get to that optimal level. Yeah. And I think with PCOS, there's just so many myths about, you know, well, well, I have to ovulate on day 14 and it's just not true. And I think, you know, with my kids, it was day 25, I think when I ovulated, I don't know, they were, they turned out okay. So, (laughs) you know, it's like, I don't think that we have to have this, you know, thing in our head where we have to have perfect 28 day cycles and rarely do people, I mean, we do see that, but you know, it's not, it's not the rule. So can you talk a little bit about why it's important to get to know your body more and then get to know your cycle rhythm and that sort of thing beyond just, you know, trying to get pregnant? Well, I mean, absolutely. I I kind of feel like this would also be a good opportunity to smash some of the myths. Uh, One of the most common myths, as you mentioned, about the menstrual cycle is that in order for it to be normal, it does have to be 28 days or that all women have 28-day cycles with ovulation on day 14. And when you look at women with healthy cycles, so typical average woman whose cycles are fairly healthy, the normal length can range. 
So 20, even when you look at studies that have measured, you know, hundreds or thousands of women's menstrual cycles, 28 or 29 days represents the average. (laughs) And a healthy cycle can range anywhere from about 24 days to about 35 days. So one of the most common symptoms or signs of PCOS or the way that PCOS shows up on the menstrual cycle chart is long irregular cycles. So cycles that are kind of regularly 35 days or more, or, you know, in a year, you're having fewer than eight or nine periods, those types of things are really characteristic of PCOS. And in a cycle like that, it's really helpful to understand just generally how the cycle works. So when we talk about the menstrual cycle, a lot of women think I'm, you know, talk about the period, but the first day of your menstrual cycle is the first day of your period. And so in a, you know, the way that the cycle works is you have your period, a healthy period would be anywhere from about three to seven days. And then once your period is done, you have a few days before you would typically start to see cervical fluid. So for any woman who's listening, who's ever seen her cervical fluid, it can look like creamy white hand lotion. It can look like clear, stretchy kind of raw egg whites. And it can also, for some women, they don't see a lot of the the clear, stretchy egg white, but they'll feel a sensation of lubrication. So they'll be wiping themselves and it'll feel really slippery. So either of those you know, three options for cervical fluid, but you'll have a few days after your period, typically before you start to see it. And then at some point, you'll start to see your cervical fluid. In a healthy cycle, you would expect to have anywhere from two to seven days of that. And then you would ovulate. And then after ovulation, your period would come in about 12 to 14 days. So any woman who's cycling normally with PCOS will recognize that that may not be how it looks. So in a PCOS cycle, there's a few things that you might see. So one of them would be multiple patches of cervical fluid or lots and lots of days of cervical fluid. Because when you have a long cycle, what's happening is that ovulation is delayed. So the first half of the cycle, like the pre-ovulatory phase, is the most variable phase of the cycle. It's the most susceptible to stress and to some of the issues that arise in women with PCOS. So many women who struggle with PCOS, some of the characteristics are inflammation in the body for different, you know, various reasons, as well as insulin resistance, glucose intolerance. And so there's a variety of things specific to women in PCOS that are basically causing, you know, for lack of a better word, a state of stress in the body. And that negatively impacts ovulation. So when you kind of understand that, then it kind of makes the PCOS cycle make a little bit more sense. Like it's still super annoying and frustrating, especially when you're waiting for ovulation to happen. But to understand that it means when you have a longer cycle, when you're going longer time between periods, it's a delayed ovulation that you're experiencing. So then it's really common to see multiple patches of cervical fluid. So for women who are actually tracking, for women who are trying to get pregnant, they might be looking for their cervical fluid and they might see it and then think, okay, I'm going to ovulate, but then they might, you know, it stops and then they see it again. So sometimes it can take a couple tries, essentially, for ovulation Mm -hmm. to actually happen. So that's just a little bit of background because we have this idea that the cycle has to be 28 days to be normal. There is a range of what's normal. When the cycle does go regularly beyond 35 days, that is a sign of an issue, which we'll talk about more. But hopefully that's helpful at least to paint a picture of what is going on in the cycle when you have PCOS so that, yeah. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And it can can be frustrating, like you mentioned. And for those who are are listeners who are not familiar with 
how to chart a cycle. When we talk about, you know, starting on day one of the first day of full flow and that sort of thing, do you recommend the paper charts or apps that are out there or any, any particular apps that you recommend? I mean, I think that every woman has a preference. So for me, I mean, I started charting like (laughs) almost 20 years ago. There were no apps. There Mm -hmm. there was none of this cool technology. So the majority of my clients use charting apps. And so there's a lot now. I would say what to look for in an app from my perspective. And I would say, especially if you have PCOS and your cycles have not been regular, is you want to look for an app, if you're using apps, that allows you to turn off the predictive settings. So a lot of the apps on the market are programmed with algorithms or calculators. And so what it'll do is like you chart a couple of cycles and it'll calculate the average and then it's going to tell you about when you're, you know, quote, air quotes going to ovulate and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. But the challenge, as anyone who has kind of irregular cycles knows, is that ovulation can vary from cycle to cycle, and it does. Even in a woman without PCOS who has, you know, quite regular cycles, her ovulation is not going to fall on the same day every single cycle. You can have a 28-day cycle and ovulate on day 14, or you can ovulate on day 16 because it changes. And no guarantees that even if you typically do ovulate around a certain day that the following cycle you will. So that would be, you know, my recommendation, like try to get an app that doesn't fill that stuff in for you so that you can start to mm-hmm. appreciate that for yourself. And then for those women who do like paper charting, because when I started oh, all these years working with clients, I kind of thought, okay, well, apps are here. So no one's going to want to chart on paper anymore. But there's always a percentage of my clients who like paper. So I just came out with a <laughs> paper charting book as well, which is kind of fun. I like the paper. I'm old school, like on in the cycle when you have PCOS so that, yeah. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And it can can be frustrating, like you mentioned. And for those that are are listeners who are not familiar with how to chart a cycle, when we talk about, you know, starting on day one of the first day of full flow and that sort of thing, do you recommend the paper charts or apps that are out there or any, any particular apps that you recommend? I mean, I think that every woman has a preference. So for me, I mean, I started charting like <laughs> almost 20 years ago. There were no apps. There, were none mm-hmm. of, there was none of this cool technology. So the majority of my clients use charting apps. And so there's a lot now. I would say what to look for in an app from my perspective. And I would say, especially if you have PCOS and your cycles have not been regular, is you want to look for an app, if you're using apps, that allows you to turn off the predictive settings. So a lot of the apps on the market are programmed with algorithms or calculators. And so what it'll do is like you chart a couple of cycles and it'll calculate the average and then it's going to tell you about when you're, you know, quote, air quotes going to ovulate and all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. But the challenge, as anyone who has kind of irregular cycles knows, is that ovulation can vary from cycle to cycle, and it does. Even in a woman without PCOS who has, you know, quite regular cycles, her ovulation is not going to fall on the same day every single cycle. You can have a 28-day cycle and ovulate on day 14, or you can ovulate on day 16 because it changes. And no guarantees that even if you typically do ovulate around a certain day that the following cycle you will. So that would be, you know, my recommendation, like try to get an app that doesn't fill that stuff in for you so that you can start to Mm -hmm. appreciate that for yourself. And then for those women who do like paper charting, because when I started all these years working with clients, I kind of thought, okay, well, apps are here. So no one's going to want to chart on paper anymore. 
but there's always a percentage of my clients who like paper. So I just came out with a paper charting book as well, which is kind of fun. I like the paper. I'm old school, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's kind of nice to have a record, but again, kind of, I don't recommend any particular, it's kind of whichever Mm -hmm. one is best for you. And I, a funny story about the paper charting. It was many years ago, and I, you know, I had I actually have a book that I give our patients about charting, and that I wrote uh, just to kind of as a collection of notes and questions that I've gotten throughout the years and all that. And so, you know, I have the story in the book that I have, but it basically there was a, a patient that you know was coming in for PCOS to try to get pregnant, and I'd given her the paper charts, and I said we're going to just you know the, each chart went to forty days, so it was you know an extended chart, and so she had two. Charts charts and she came into the office and she was furious and she said, I thought this treatment was supposed to help, this acupuncture treatment was supposed to help my cycles become sh- on in the cycle when you have PCOS so that, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Kind of <laughs> and it can, it can be frustrating, like you mentioned. And for those who are, are listeners who are not familiar with how to chart a cycle, when we talk about, you know, starting on day one of the first day of full flow and that sort of thing, do you recommend the paper charts or apps that are out there or any, any particular apps that you recommend? I mean, I think that every woman has a preference. So for me, I mean, I started charting like <laughs> almost 20 years ago. There were no apps. There, were none mm-hmm. of, there was none of this cool technology. So the majority of my clients use charting apps. And so there's a lot now. I would say what to look for in an app from my perspective. And I would say, especially if you have PCOS and your cycles have not been regular, is you want to look for an app, if you're using apps, that allows you to turn off the predictive settings. So a lot of the apps on the market are programmed with algorithms or calculators. And so what it'll do is like you chart a couple of cycles and it'll calculate the average and then it's going to tell you about when you're, you know, quote, air quotes going to ovulate and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. But the challenge, as anyone who has kind of irregular cycles knows, is that ovulation can vary from cycle to cycle, and it does. Even in a woman without PCOS who has, you know, quite regular cycles, her ovulation is not going to fall on the same day every single cycle. You can have a 28-day cycle and ovulate on day 14, or you can ovulate on day 16 because it changes. And no guarantees that even if you typically do ovulate around a certain day that the following cycle you will. So that would be, you know, my recommendation, like try to get an app that doesn't fill that stuff in for you so that you can start to Mm -hmm. appreciate that for yourself. And then for those women who do like paper charting, because when I started all these years working with clients, I kind of thought, okay, well, apps are here, so no one's going to want to chart on paper anymore. But there's always a percentage of my clients who like paper. So I just came out with a paper charting book as well, which is kind of fun. I like the paper. I'm old school, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's kind of nice to have a record. But again, kind of, I don't recommend any particular. It's kind of whichever Mm -hmm. one is best for you. And a a funny story about the paper charting, it was many years ago. And I, you know, I had actually have a book that I give our patients about charting and that I wrote uh, just to kind of there's a collection of notes and questions that I've gotten throughout the years and all that. And so, you know, I have the story in the book that I have, but it basically, there was a, a patient that, you know, was coming in for PCOS to try to get pregnant and I'd given her the paper charts and I said, we're going to just, you know, the, each chart went to 40 days. So it was, you know, an extended chart. And so she had two charts and she came into the office and she was furious. And she said, I thought this treatment was supposed to help, this acupuncture treatment was supposed to help my cycles become on in the cycle when you have PCOS so that, 
Yeah, yeah definitely. Kind of <laughs> and it can, it can be frustrating, like you mentioned. And for those who are, are listeners who are not familiar with how to chart a cycle, when we talk about, you know, starting on day one of the first day of full flow and that sort of thing, do you recommend the paper charts or apps that are out there or any, any particular apps that you recommend? I mean, I think that every woman has a preference. So for me, I mean, I started charting like <laughs> almost 20 years ago. There were no apps. There, were none mm-hmm. of, there was none of this cool technology. So the majority of my clients use charting apps. And so there's a lot now. I would say what to look for in an app from my perspective. And I would say, especially if you have PCOS and your cycles have not been regular, is you want to look for an app, if you're using apps, that allows you to turn off the predictive settings. So a lot of the apps on the market are programmed with algorithms or calculators. And so what it'll do is like you chart a couple of cycles and it'll calculate the average and then it's going to tell you about when your, you know, quote, air quotes going to ovulate and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. But the challenge, as anyone who has kind of irregular cycles knows, is that ovulation can vary from cycle to cycle, and it does. Even in a woman without PCOS who has, you know, quite regular cycles, her ovulation is not going to fall on the same day every single cycle. You can have a 28-day cycle and ovulate on day 14, or you can ovulate on day 16 because it changes. And no guarantees that even if you typically do ovulate around a certain day that the following cycle you will. So that would be, you know, my recommendation, like try to get an app that doesn't fill that stuff in for you so that you can start to Mm -hmm. appreciate that for yourself. And then for those women who do like paper charting, because when I started all these years working with clients, I kind of thought, okay, well, apps are here, so no one's going to want to chart on paper anymore. But there's always a percentage of my clients who like paper. So I just came out with a paper charting book as well, which is kind of fun. I like the paper. I'm old school, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's kind of nice to have a record. But again, kind of, I don't recommend any particular. It's kind of whichever Mm -hmm. one is best for you. And I, a funny story about the paper charting. It was many years ago, and I, you know, I had actually have a book that I give our patients about charting, and that I wrote uh, just to kind of as a collection of notes and questions that I've gotten throughout the years and all that. And so, you know, I have the story in the book that I have, but it basically there was a, a patient that you know was coming in for PCOS to try to get pregnant, and I'd given her the paper charts, and I said we're going to just you know the, each chart went to forty days, so it was you know an extended chart, and so she had two. Charts charts and she came into the office and she was furious and she said, I thought this treatment was supposed to help, this acupuncture treatment was supposed to help my cycles become sh- on in the cycle when you have PCOS so that, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Kind of <laughs> and it can, it can be frustrating, like you mentioned. And for those who are, are listeners who are not familiar with how to chart a cycle, when we talk about, you know, starting on day one of the first day of full flow and that sort of thing, do you recommend the paper charts or apps that are out there or any, any particular apps that you recommend? I mean, I think that every woman has a preference. So for me, I mean, I started charting like <laughs> almost 20 years ago. There were no apps. There, were none mm-hmm. of, there was none of this cool technology. So the majority of my clients use charting apps. And so there's a lot now. I would say what to look for in an app from my perspective. And I would say, especially if you have PCOS and your cycles have not been regular, is you want to look for an app, if you're using apps, that allows you to turn off the predictive settings. So 
a lot of the apps on the market are programmed with algorithms or calculators. And so what it'll do is like you chart a couple of cycles and it'll calculate the average and then it's going to tell you about when you're, you know, quote, air quotes going to ovulate and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. But the challenge, as anyone who has kind of irregular cycles knows on in the cycle, when you have PCOS so that, yeah. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And it can can be frustrating, like you mentioned. And for those that are are listeners who are not familiar with how to chart a cycle, when we talk about, you know, starting on day one of the first day of full flow and that sort of thing, do you recommend the paper charts or apps that are out there or any, any particular apps that you recommend? I mean, I think that every woman has a preference. So for me, I mean, I started charting like <laughs> almost 20 years ago. There were no apps. There were none mm-hmm. of, there was none of this cool technology. So the majority of my clients use charting apps. And so there's a lot now. I would say what to look for in an app from my perspective. And I would say, especially if you have PCOS and your cycles have not been regular, is you want to look for an app, if you're using apps, that allows you to turn off the predictive settings. So a lot of the apps on the market are programmed with algorithms or calculators. And so what it'll do is like you chart a couple of cycles and it'll calculate the average and then it's going to tell you about when you're, you know, quote, air quotes going to ovulate and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. But the challenge, as anyone who has kind of irregular cycles knows, is that ovulation can vary from cycle to cycle, and it does. Even in a woman without PCOS who has, you know, quite regular cycles, her ovulation is not going to fall on the same day every single cycle. You can have a 28-day cycle and ovulate on day 14, or you can ovulate on day 16 because it changes. And no guarantees that even if you typically do ovulate around a certain day that the following cycle you will. So that would be, you know, my recommendation, like try to get an app that doesn't fill that stuff in for you so that you can start to mm-hmm. appreciate that for yourself. And then for those women who do like paper charting, because when I started oh, all these years working with clients, I kind of thought, okay, well, apps are here, so no one's going to want to chart on paper anymore. But there's always a percentage of my clients who like paper. So I just came out with a paper charting book as well, which is kind of fun. I like the paper. I'm old school, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of nice to have a record. But again, yes. kind of, I don't recommend any particular. It's kind of whichever mm-hmm. one is best for you. And I, a funny story about the paper charting. It was many years ago. And I, you know, I had I actually have a book that I give our patients about charting and that I wrote uh, just to kind of, as a collection of notes and questions that I've got on in the cycle when you have PCOS so that, yeah, yeah definitely. Kind of <laughs> yeah, and it can, it can be frustrating, like you mentioned. And for those that are, are listeners who are not familiar with how to chart a cycle, when we talk about, you know, starting on day one of the first day of full flow and that sort of thing, do you recommend the paper charts or apps that are out there or any, any particular apps that you recommend? I mean, I think that every woman has a preference. So for me, I mean, I started charting like <laughs> almost 20 years ago. There were no apps. There were none mm-hmm. of, there was none of this cool technology. So the majority of my clients use charting apps. And so there's a lot now. I would say what to look for in an app from my perspective. And I would say, especially if you have PCOS and your cycles have not been regular, is you want to look for an app, if you're using apps, that allows you to turn off the predictive settings. So a lot of the apps on the market are programmed with algorithms or calculators. And so what it'll do is like you chart a couple of cycles and it'll calculate the average and then it's going to tell you about when you're, you know, air quotes going to ovulate and all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. 
But the challenge, as anyone who has kind of irregular cycles knows, is that ovulation can vary from cycle to cycle, and it does. Even in a woman without PCOS who has, you know, quite regular cycles, her ovulation is not going to fall on the same day every single cycle. You can have a 28-day cycle and ovulate on day 14, or you can ovulate on day 16 because it changes. And no guarantees that even if you typically do ovulate around a certain day that the following cycle you will. So that would be, you know, my recommendation, like try to get an app that doesn't fill that stuff in for you so that you can start to mm-hmm. appreciate that for yourself. And then for those women who do like paper charting, because when I started all these years working with clients, I kind of thought, okay, well, apps are here. So no one's going to want to chart on paper anymore. But there's always a percentage of my clients who like paper. So I just came out with a paper charting book as well, which is kind of fun. I like the paper. I'm old school, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of nice to have a record. But again, yes. kind of, I don't recommend any particular. It's kind of whichever mm-hmm. one is best for you. And I, a funny story about the paper charting. It was many years ago. And I, you know, I had I actually have a book that I give our patients about charting and that I wrote uh, just to kind of as a collection of notes and questions that I've gotten throughout the years and all that. And so, you know, I have the story in the book that I have, but it basically, there was a, a patient that, you know, was coming in for PCOS to try to get pregnant. And I'd given her the paper charts and I said, we're going to just, you know, the, each chart went to 40 days. So it was, you know, an extended chart. And so she had two charts and she came into the office and she was furious. And she said, I thought this treatment was supposed to help this acupuncture treatment was supposed to help my cycles become on in the cycle when you have PCOS so that, yeah. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And it can can be frustrating, like you mentioned. And for those that are are listeners who are not familiar with how to chart a cycle, when we talk about, you know, starting on day one of the first day of full flow and that sort of thing, do you recommend the paper charts or apps that are out there or any, any particular apps that you recommend? I mean, I think that every woman has a preference. So for me, I mean, I started charting like <laughs> almost 20 years ago. There were no apps. There were none mm-hmm. of, there was none of this cool technology. So the majority of my clients use charting apps. And so there's a lot now. I would say what to look for in an app from my perspective. And I would say, especially if you have PCOS and your cycles have not been regular, is you want to look for an app, if you're using apps, that allows you to turn off the predictive settings. So a lot of the app 